Hello and welcome back to the newest women's Australian rules football podcast, Game Sense, brought to you by Rookie Me Central. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro, and it's good to be back taking over the host chair once again. In Game Sense, I'm joined by Chief Editor Peter Williams and women's football analyst Alice Collette. So, Pete, how are you today, mate? Yeah, really good. Looking forward to getting stuck back into uh, the NAB League girls. We've had a bit of AFL women's over the last couple of weeks, and uh, now I guess it's sort of our bread and butter, really, the uh, the junior pathways. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, spoiler alert, um, I'll introduce Elise as well. How are you today? <laughs> good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, so, yeah, look, as Pete sort of alluded to, we've got a pretty huge episode today on the eve of the NAB League girls' season, which is, as he says, our bread and butter. Um, we'll preview all the teams and look ahead to the round one of action. We'll also hear from a few budding superstars, Eastern Rangers, Mia Bush, uh, Bridie Hipwell of the Sandringham Dragons and Killy Skepper from Murray. So uh, we all spoke to them at the Nabley Girls preseason testing day. And as always, of course, um, especially with Ali here, we're going to run through the AFL women's uh, round and uh, have a look towards round three for that as well. So that'll be in between the Nabley Girls analysis. So if you're keen for one or the other, um, you're going to have to listen through the whole thing, I guess. But um, all of that and more is set for today's episode of Game Sense brought to you by Rookie Me Central. All right, first up, we're going to be taking a look at the Vic Metro teams for the NAB League Girls competition. And um, I guess we're starting from the top here. I'm going to be throwing to Pete for these ones and um, some really strong squads by the looks of it. First is Oakley, obviously the reigning premiers. Um, looks like they're going to have a good pour over of of talent remaining at that uh, at that region despite the handful of draftees they had so who are you most looking forward to seeing out there Pete? Yeah well, look definitely Oakley are always going to be a, a real contender I feel uh, you know there's always going to be uh, ebbs and flows with teams but Oakley have such a great system it's hard to sort of look past them that they're going to be there at the pointy end even though it's not about that but even from a development standpoint I think Oakley just have so many fantastic options. Uh, we know about Jazz Fleming being one of the top prospects this year, despite only playing the three games. But obviously, she's got some cricketing commitments. You've got Mia Clift, who's another one, uh, hoping to get into the it Winter has, Olympics. Has snowboarding commitments. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's there's a few really talented uh, sports players there, like quite a few that uh, can play multiple sports, which is really good. Um, we saw quite a few last year, I think, for Oakley. Look, you can reel off the names. Charlotte Taylor's one, Charlotte Vandervlees, uh, Emily Smith. Like, you know, um, there's so many uh, that are sort of coming through. Um, even Holly Cornelius coming back. She's They've got some good overages as well, which are coming back. Like, I liked Alex McCulloch last year. She, she was quite impressive. Um, yeah, they, they've, they've just got so many names that even, like, the, the I guess, bottom end of their top, 22 if you like or top 21 like that is really good and it always is every year so I think that's what makes them so good every player in their team uh, plays a role and yeah I, I think they're one of the teams to beat again and a couple to note um, in terms of father daughters Gemma Rigoni who's going to miss the season um, but the daughter of uh, Guy Rigoni a bit of a cult figure there and uh, Caitlin Matthews her dad I believe played one game for St Kilda so um, a good get for them if if she turns out any good. Um, next team on the list, though, Peter, Western Jets, of course, a couple of uh, highly touted top-end talents there in the AFLW Academy. Um, it looks like their engine room is going to be pretty strong. I know their coach, Robbie Chancellor, uh, really, really likes their contested game. So do you sort of see that as well? Oh, absolutely. Look, the the one-two punch of Charlotte Baskran and 
Montana Ham. Like, I mean, we, we've talked about them for years now. This is we're coming into their fourth season ever since they sort of popped up as uh, 14-year-olds, really, because, of course, Charlotte's birthday is in December, so she's mm. quite a late birth as well. So she was 14 and an early 14 when she was first playing. So to see them coming up to their top age year, it's really exciting. We know what she's got. She's got skills. She's got smarts. She moves really, really well around the ground. And she compliments uh, Monham really well because, of course, Monham's the the taller uh, prospect, really good contested inside ball winner, just wins you know tons of clearances, gets it forward. Between the both of them, they they just dominate the midfield. And then when you've got someone who wins as many hitouts as Crystal Russell does, then it means they're going to get their hands on the ball a lot. So half the job's done they're winning the ruck they're winning the midfield so it doesn't really matter too much what else is around but they do have quite a bit of depth this year you know um kira lee is one Paige ryan is someone who caught the eye last year uh and you've got players like kinsley ward who's a future prospect really good up forward there's quite a few who've sort of come through the program they've got um you know i mean an interesting fact was jemima woods was going to come back and play and now she's got drafted so that shows um yeah, she won't be playing too many games there, obviously, or she got added to the, the Bulldogs list, I should say. Uh, they've got Trinity Skanderis coming back, Caitlin Sargent. So they've got a good mix of uh, year levels. And then, of course, you've got like Lulu Fields and Sierra Greaves, who's another couple of real bottom ages. So in their under-16s year that have been on the list previously, but uh, age eligibility hasn't allowed them to play. So for me, I think this is uh, Western's strongest team since the beginning, really, because we, we've known what you're going to get out of Baskaran and, and Ham, but now they've got a lot of talent across the board, uh, and I think they're setting themselves up well for the next few seasons because of that. So it's going to be really exciting to see what they can produce. And from east, uh, sorry, from west to east, I've absolutely buggered up the segue there, but we're, um, we're looking at the Rangers, who, of course, um, had a pretty good run in finals last year. Mia Bush, one of their standout performers, um, or at least hanging on into this year. So they've got a few good ones coming back as well. Pete, who are you looking out for? Well, they've got a couple of bottom-age talents uh, in Alicia Pisano and Ava Campbell, who are ones to watch. Very different players. We know Pisano, um, she dominated the goal kicking. That left foot's just absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, she hits the scoreboard so regularly, so damaging and, and so clever too. She loves playing up forward. Uh, they've sort of alluded she'll play more midfield as the season and her career, because she's got another year left, uh, goes on. She'll play more midfield. Uh, where Ava Campbell can play up either end. She's a taller prospect, probably playing defence, but can swing forward if need be. From a top-age perspective, look, you can't look past Mia Bush, who's, uh, you know, an outstanding, uh, not only athlete, but the person as well. Like, she dominated the testing. She's won their best and fairest last year, despite, like, Pisano, as we said, winning the goal-kicking and plenty of others standing up. Um, they've got quite a few at that age, but I think it's going to be those top-ages that are coming back too that are, provide plenty of support. Like, realistically, Isabel Cowrie, Bridget Deed, uh, some of the other players that have sort of come through, like Catalyst Smidley, uh, Rubio Dwyer even played some VFLW. There's a lot of players that have played VFLW that are coming back for the Eastern Rangers. So that's going to give them a whole heap of experience, particularly early in the season while the younger ones are trying to find their feet. Um, so I think they're definitely going to be ones to watch. Uh, and then even going forward, there's quite a few uh, that have caught the eye last year as top ages, like Scarlett Potter, Grace Walsh. There's sort of a few names that, you know, showed some signs last season and I think they're ready to come up. And, and Georgie Pruden's another one that's the first year in the system is one to keep an eye on. So I know they're pretty excited about her. And um, Georgia Livingston as well, who was a, 
a Richmond father-daughter, technically. Um, she's coming back for another year. So uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Again, I think their experience will help them out in the early days, and then I presume most of them will uh, move on to VFLW, and some of the younger players will then step up. So that'll be really exciting to see how that progression takes place. Yeah, it might be many changes for the Rangers across the year. Uh, historically, one of the more successful regions in the girls' space has been the Northern Knights, of course. Um, we're a little bit down last year, but not out. Um, how do you see their season panning out? Who are a few of the key names to watch out for? Yeah, look, Northern, again, um, we know you know the history they've had. Didn't quite have the same year last year, but they still showed plenty of impressive signs, still made the finals. Uh, a few names to keep an eye out for. Obviously, look, Ava Jordan's the one that jumps off the page. She's she's not uh, draft eligible yet. That's next year. So she's one that will catch the eye. She's sub 160 centimetres, um, but she's just an excitement machine. Like, she just wins so much of the ball in the contested space and just catches the eye, basically, anytime she goes near it. So... She's definitely, as an overall perspective, one to watch. But I think Riley Wilcox is definitely one to keep an eye on. She really impressed for Metro at the under-17s level when she went in. So she's definitely going to be a player to always keep an eye on. Phoebe Nelson is another one to keep an eye on, playing so that defence moving up a bit. You've got Brooke Plummer and Lulu Beattie as well. You know They've got quite a few players that... Uh, at that top age level, um, and then Ella Smallicum as well as a, a overager coming back. Uh, and Michaela Appleby, of course, part of the AFLW Academy, didn't quite get drafted last year, so she's coming back. Hopefully might improve on a few things and put her hand up for the AFLW clubs who overlooked her. Obviously, we do have the um, interesting, uh, I, I guess, the expansion of the AFLW clubs, which is quite interesting to watch um, and see how they go. More, more players will get a go. Um, and, and Tanner Hurst, an, another player who really impressed me last year. Uh, I know I noticed looking down the list too, there's a few interesting names. One's Isabella Caminiti, who we um, you know, presume off the top of my head is <laughs> going to be pretty related, uh, sister to Anthony uh, from the boys program this year. Uh, and then Remy Archer, which is uh, a, another interesting prospect. Absolutely. Um, we, we do like a father-son and father-daughter. Um, there have been a few out of the nights of late. So, um, yeah, look forward to more of that. But the next region we're looking at, Pete, the Calder Cannons, who, of course, um, had a pretty strong side last year. We thought we were going to be right up there in the premiership race. Of course, high draftees, Georgie Prasparkas, Amelia Yassir, to name a couple. Um, what's the team going to look like now that they've sort of had that, I guess, generational shift? Yeah, look, they've they've got a few of those older ones uh, coming back uh, that were probably a little unlucky. They showed a lot of signs in previous years um, that they might be a chance to get drafted. They missed out. Uh, I think they're going to have their best chance coming through when the VFLW kicks off. Like Casey Lennox has already had that experience at VFLW level. Um, you know, there, there's also Neve Crowley as well. She's another one to keep an eye on. Marley McLeod caught the eye playing off a wing. Um the one to really uh, think about in terms of draft prospects for Calder is Abby McDonald. She's their sole Metro candidate at the moment. Uh, I think she's just capable of playing literally anywhere, um, can play midfield back or forward. So I think her versatility will really help them. Uh, Reese Sutton's an exciting one, uh, can play forward or mid. Uh, just sort of really dangerous when the ball hits the ground. So someone I think is going to be pretty exciting. You've got Harriet Cashmore as another player that, did a few nice things last year. Trilby Shepherds, uh, an overager coming back, but she's sort of 
um, had a really big preseason. Uh, Claudia Santoro is another one. Uh, th- there's quite a few that are sort of through the list. Uh, Casey Muller uh, coming back as well. Uh, and Talia Reid as well. So I, I don't think it's got the, the top-end talent that it has necessarily in, in recent years. But I think there's a few young ones that are coming through that are quite exciting. And, and we know what a lot of the players can give. So we know um, what Casey Lennox and uh, Neve Crowley are going to give. And, and they're going to be hard to beat one-on-one, uh, particularly with that extra experience from VFLW. So, you know, I, I think they'll be competitive this year when, when they uh, take on sides. So I'm excited to see what their futures hold. And the Sandringham Dragons, of course, the final Metro team we're going to look at here um, before we go into a quick interview with one of their stars. But um, they have been a bit of a young side over the last couple of years. Now we're seeing uh, a few of their uh, top prospects growing up. So I know there's a couple, Pete, that you're going to be very excited to watch uh, come the season beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think, in my opinion, the, the top prospect's Sophia Hurley. She's really come on the last season. She caught the eye as an under-16s player, but she really stepped up last season. She's just got great movement through the stoppages. She's able to evade opponents, get forward, um, you know, and just set plays up. Even if she doesn't hit the scoreboard necessarily, she sets plays up for her teammates. She's just fantastic around the midfield and, and capable of ball-winning. You've got Bridie Hipwell, who's, you know, almost a, a bit of a yin to the yang. She's sort of that bigger body, but uh, can really crash through and, and win a fair bit of ball. And, um, you know, she's good one-on-one and uh, can try and get away from stoppages and, and also get it forward. But sort of that different kind of player in many senses, usually getting away through power where uh, Hurley's sort of that more evasive type, particularly. Uh, you've got Keely Coyne, who's another one who caught the eye uh, last season. I think she'll be better uh for that, uh, and I think she's one that could really step up. Uh, they've got quite a few as well coming through the bottom age. Uh, you know, you've got Ella Shibaris, who's one to keep an eye on. She's really impressed. Mia Zielinski's another who um, stood out last year. So I think her and Lucy Mitchell, uh, as, as some bottom ages, are ones to continually keep an eye on. Uh, and, you know, you've got Summer Trim coming back again and a few other like Charlotte Ryan. So they've, they've got quite a few players, Pia Stoltari as well. So they've got quite a few players that are coming back uh, for another season and similar to Calder and Northern, they've got some experience that'll guide the younger ones uh, through the early stages of the season. Absolutely. So we're going to throw now to Bridie Hipwell, who we, of course, interviewed at the preseason testing day event. Um, yeah, Bridie's obviously a bit of a star in the making, as Pete's mentioned there. So we'll throw to her. And when we get back, we're going to get Ali back into the mix and we're going to talk all things AFLW. Bridie, tell us a little bit about your football journey so far. Um, I started playing footy, I don't know, when I was about in year seven. So I was about 13. That was my first season. Um, played every year since then, been at the Dragons for a few years now, which has been really good, and yeah, I'm here now. Obviously, this past year, you got to play at under-17s and under-19s, Vic Metro yeah. level. How was that experience? Oh, it was awesome. I think just being able to, like, step up to a whole nother level. Like, obviously, nab leg's great, but then that was just something else, and I thought it was a really good experience. And, and the difference between that 17s and 19s, that level, how big was that? Um, oh, it was a little, it was quite significant, I think. Some bigger bodies, probably the game was a bit faster, but the skills are pretty similar. Maybe slightly better at 19s, but not too big of a difference. Yeah. Obviously a part of the National Academy, so first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Was that one of your goals heading into your draft year? Um, I wouldn't say a goal. Like 
I don't know, someone kind of mentioned it to me, like, had it in the back of my head, but didn't expect anything at all. Like, it was a bit of a shock, but a good surprise. Yeah, and obviously the Metro Hub as well. How have you found those camps and trainings? Oh, the camp was awesome. Again, like, going, training, spending a few days with the, some really good, good girls was awesome and like lift really lifted my standard as well and got heaps from the coaches and just the whole experience was awesome yeah and were there any girls from other teams that you got on with particularly well oh yeah got on with everyone definitely everyone but i don't know always mon and charlotte definitely yeah know each other for a while so it was good to see them again but yeah all right um and then obviously so to you as a player what are some of your strengths that you like to fully utilize on field um probably my explosive power whether that's like kicking or quick first steps maybe as well in in the air aerial contests as well um and then yeah. what are some of the things you're going to be looking to improving this year oh i'll definitely want to improve my aerial contests and overhead marking i really want to i get the strength but i want to get it even better yeah um definitely ground balls and stoppages and that sort of contested work yeah and then positionally you've played majority midfield for your career yeah. uh, are you going to be looking to sort of add a second position i know you played some forward for the 19s metro um, look, I'd love to really get a position down because I was kind of thrown everywhere last year. But I'd love to play a bit of half forward, really have a good go there because I think that really highlights my strengths as a player. So it'd be good to have a go there. What are some of your short-term and long-term goals? Um, short-term, I don't know, just play round one and have a really good game and just get confident for the rest of the season. Um, long term, obviously I want to get drafted, that's been a goal for a while, but I don't know, just get through the whole season, hopefully injury free, COVID free, just have a good year. No more injuries. <laughs> Alright, good job, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Game Sense, thanks to Rookie Me Central, and that was Sandringham Dragons midfielder Bridie Hipwell. We'll now take a look at round two of the AFL Women's Competition, with results and the key talking points. I'll run you through those results quickly now. So on Friday night at the Swinburne Centre, Melbourne, 8-6-54 defeated Richmond, 6-2-38. That was, of course, um, yeah, a a bit of a a seesawing game. On Saturday, Collingwood, 6-5-41 defeated St Kilda, 2-2-14. Pretty one-sided one in Victoria Park there. Then the improvised fixture of sorts, Carlton, 4-7-31 defeating Geelong, 2-5-17 down the highway at Cadinia Park. Skipping over to Sunday, Gold Coast in the first uh, of a Widden Oval doubleheader, 7-4-46, defeating West Coast 5-3-33 in a terrific comeback. Adelaide in between that, 5-7-37, defeated North Melbourne 3-6-24 at Norwood Oval. And of course, rounding it out once again in Melbourne's West was Fremantle 7-10-52, defeating GWS 2-8-20. That leaves the ladder, of course, Fremantle Adelaide, Collingwood and Melbourne undefeated in the top four and rounding out the top six, Richmond and Gold Coast. The other teams with one win and one loss are Carlton, North Melbourne and GWS. Of course, that leaves some teams without points this year. The first two being Geelong and West Coast and then the Western Bulldogs, St Kilda and Brisbane. We must note as well, the Doggies and Lions, of course, have only played that one game. With the counts, the cancellation, excuse me, if I can get that all out. I'll bring Elise in now, so the talking points. First one, the Brisbane Lions and Western Bulldogs not being able to play due to COVID. Um, that obviously changed the fixture around Geelong versus the Bulldogs and Brisbane versus Carlton were the original fixtures. So how does that sort of change up, you think, affect the ladder with the results that we've seen now? Um, yeah, COVID's certainly keeping us on our toes, eh? But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they try and get that extra game in because 
realistically, it's going to have to be, say, a midweek game. But when are they when are they going to fit it in? So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. It will be. Of course, as a Carlton fan, I was probably a little bit happier to play against Geelong rather than Brisbane. So do you think that sort of plays into Carlton's hands a little bit? The fact that they obviously got the win. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a crucial four points given the sort of tight race for finals. Yeah, that's a good good point actually because yeah, for for Carlton, Geelong is certainly a more a much easier opponent than Brisbane would have been, despite despite all of uh, Brisbane's issues they had in round one. But yeah, I guess yeah, it'll be interesting to see how an altered fixture will will change. Say for example, Carlton season because that'll give them that gives them a win that they may not have necessarily had at this point in the yeah. season. But if they say still play Brisbane again later in the year, will it, will it have all been for nothing? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, they would have been breathing fire the lines. I can tell you that much after their round one loss. Uh, next talking point: Gold Coast getting its first win. We saw. Tara Barna uh, kicking three goals. Kate Sermon a couple in the last quarter. It was a pretty incredible finish to that game. Um, I know you looked into it a little bit with a little look at the stats and, and whatnot um, this week. So what did you think of that result? Yeah, huge. Firstly, congratulations, Gold Coast, on the win. Um, good to see Tara Bahana finally getting an opportunity and proving how good she really can be. It's, it's shocked me that it's taken her this long to get to the AFLW level. But, yeah, I was looking into the into the stats for Gold Coast's win and, surprisingly, they didn't win a lot of the stats. They had less disposals, uh, less clearances and lost the inside 50 count. But when they did go inside 50, they made more of, the op- more of their opportunities than West Coast did because West Coast had 30 inside 50s for a... Score of 5-3, I believe it was. Whereas Gold Coast had an inside 50 count of 20, 21 inside 50s for a score of 7-4. So that may have that may have been all the difference in the end. Yeah, uh, they were pretty irresistible um, in that last quarter, of course. Um, you look at the sort of combo of uh, Boana and, and Perkins for Gold Coast. Made a big difference, probably against a bit of a smaller West Coast defence as well. So good um, good marking power up there for sure. Next talking point, the Presparcus Cup. Um, almost broke me on the weekend. We didn't think we'd get it this season, but with that fixture shuffle, Maddie versus Georgie in the middle, um, what'd you make of that clash and, and who do you think won? Yeah, what a battle. Like, we weren't expecting it. I guess, in a way, it was a nice surprise of of the COVID chaos, for, for want of a better phrase. But yeah, I guess, yeah, in a way, I guess, technically, Maddie, because her side won. But yeah. Not really sure. Yeah, I'd give the chocolates to Maddie. Uh, Georgie, though, will be a superstar. We all know that. Uh, we have done for about three years now. So, um, yeah, she all power to her, of course, got that Rising Star nomination in round one. Um, as we alluded to with the ladder as well, just four teams remain undefeated. They seem to be those premiership contenders as well. So, um, in case you don't know, Fremantle, Adelaide, Collingwood, Melbourne. Uh, is that how you see it, Elise? You think those four are the teams to beat? Yeah, <laughs> simple way to put it, yes. It does not surprise me it's those four that are undefeated. And after having watched the Pies and the Ds in round one, there are, there's a reason that in particular those two sides are undefeated. They're just that next step up from the rest of the competition. And yeah, I will not be surprised if it remains that top four. 
maybe North could cause an upset. They were undefeated but did lose to Adelaide on the weekend. So, yeah, I will not be surprised if, if that if in two months' time it's those top four in the yeah. end. Question without notice, if North jumps into that four, which of those four teams come out? Oh, that is a good question, actually. I don't know, I guess... Not giving much hope to North fans then. I no, reckon like, Fremantle. I, yeah, like, I wasn't impressed by Freo in their practice match, but they've mm. come out and had two very emphatic wins. So, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Freo. The, I'm, I'm the just... only reason I say for Dockers fans who might jump down my throat, um, I think it's the quality of opposition that they've beaten as well. I know Collingwood's yeah. had that game against St Kilda, but um, obviously West Coast GWS, probably not two of the stronger sides. I think Adelaide have obviously beaten North. Um, Melbourne had a couple of good wins, so that might be where I'm looking at. But um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah. Collingwood, though, um, I know you were there at that game at Vic Park. It was um, a good spectacle. They, they, were, they looked very strong. Yeah. They're very strong, very much a team to watch this year. And, yeah, it'll be interesting for all four, all four of those sides. Well, not necessarily Adelaide, but more, yeah, your Collingwoods, your Melbournes and your Freos when they come up yeah. against tougher opponents because, yeah, Freo have had West Coast and GWS. Collingwood have had Carlton St Kilda and Melbourne have had the Bulldogs and Richmond who, yeah, aren't, I guess Carlton's probably the best of those sides. So when they start coming up against each other, Mm. it might give us more of a picture as to who the real contenders are. Absolutely. The last talking point, Elise, um, the gulf between Collingwood and St Kilda, of course, we don't want to beat on the Saints. They're missing two of their best players in the midfield as well, in Georgia Patrikios and Tiana Smith. But Collingwood, they were missing a few very good players as well on the weekend. The gulf was large. What did you make of it? Oh, boy. I I feel very sorry for St Kilda fans because the gulf was huge. Yes, both sides were missing key players and it wouldn't have helped for Collingwood to lose Kiachi within an hour of the bounce. But yeah, just their ball movement and this handball play was so much better than St Kilda's. And when you've when you've got your tall targets in Shiloh and Greiser being double teamed and really just not having an impact, then yeah, it it's it's gonna be a long year. Absolutely. All right. Um, we'll quickly run through the tips just with you, Ali, um, before we get back into some NAB League talk. Friday night, Geelong versus Collingwood at Cadinia Park under lights at 7.10pm. Who are you taking there? Should be a good game. Geelong have, have shown glimpses this year, but yeah, Collingwood are just are just too strong, so I've, I've got to tip the pies. Yep, same. I'm going with the very strong black and whites on Saturday. First game is West Coast against Adelaide at the Swinburne Centre at 12.40pm. Um, I like the Crows here. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree. The fact that it's in Melbourne does neutralise any home ground advantage that either side might have had. But yeah, I think Adelaide are just too strong, so they should win easily. Of course, there is a game in between, but we may as well go with the double header um, at Punt Road Oval. The next game, Richmond, the host against Fremantle. Um, Might be... A game of the round sort of deal here. Um, probably the tightest one. That one's at 5.10pm. Who do you think will get up? Yeah, it should be a very, very interesting game. I, I was really impressed, um, particularly early by Richmond on Friday night. Um, Frio are a very good side, but they're not in Western Australia. So that's always an interesting element. In saying that, I am going to tip the Dockers. I'm going to tip Richmond. Um, 
because I'm a Victorian. Uh, in between that, Melbourne against St Kilda, of course, your D's playing at Casey Fields at 3.10pm. Probably don't have to ask this one, do I? <laughs> uh, it's not my bias is talking, but yes, you've got to, got to tip the D's here. The D's finally at home. They're just, they're a classy side this year, as, as per usual. St Kilda, yeah, they're going to have a long year, so I think it should be an easy win to the D's. Yep, I concur with the Melbourne tip. Uh, rounding out Saturday's action is a acute clash, a tongue twister. Gold Coast against Brisbane at Metricon Stadium at 7.10pm. Um, yeah, Brisbane's return game, I guess, of sorts. So uh, will Gold Coast carry the momentum and, and catch them cold or you think Brisbane will come back strongly? That is the question. This is turning into a much more interesting game than we might have expected before last weekend, Brisbane are going to come out hungry. They, they are going to be very annoyed about how they went in round one. How much that will play into in the week off will be interesting to see and how much, how much momentum Gold Coast will take out of their win from last weekend. But I think from what I saw, particularly in the practice match as well, I've got it. I've got to tip Brisbane because they are just that class above Gold Coast. Uh, with no bookends in Lutkins and Davidson, I'm going to go a bit nuts and tip the Suns. Oh, uh, Sunday's action, yeah, very interesting, I know. Um, but we've got to, you know, make it interesting. So, true, true. Um, we'll let the footy do the talking, though, for Sunday's game. North Melbourne against GWS at Arden Street at 1.10pm, a nice Arvo fixture. Um, will, well, which side is going to bounce back here? Is it going to be North or uh, the Giants? Yeah, interesting one here. I think I've got a, got a tip tip north because i think they are just that that bit better than gws but if that, if gws can fix their their issues then could be could be an interesting upset so but yeah i'm going to tip north in this one yeah i'll go with north as well final game of the round is the western bulldogs against carlton at Whitten oval 3 10 p.m that fixture brings back terrible memories for me from last year i'm going to tip the blues who are you going with um yeah, I think I've got a I've got a tip Carlton as well. It'll be interesting to see how the Bulldogs go because they had that loss in round one. They've had the week off with what what may be up to a dozen players with COVID, so that'll disrupt a lot of th- a lot of momentum. But yeah, I think from what particularly what I've seen from Carlton this year, I've got to tip the Blues as well. All right, so that just about wraps up our AFLW talk and tips for this week. Uh, thank you, of course, Ali, for that. We'll still have you on, of course. We're going to throw to another interview, this time with Keely Skepper of the Murray Bush Rangers, uh, one of the stars out of the Vic Country at Talent Pool. So we chatted to her, of course, as uh, as we did with Bridie Hipwell at the preseason testing day. Keely, just... Give us a bit of a rundown in how your past 12 months have been for your footy journey. Uh, yeah, well, it's been a bit different because we just came back from COVID, obviously. But, yeah, I think we just got back into bushies, which was good. And we had a few interruptions with COVID. And then it kind of just went into Vic Country and then back to bushies for the last couple of games. Yeah, perfect. And sort of, obviously, the bushies season last year, uh, I think you got pretty good towards the end. You sort of picked up a bit of form. How, how did you sort of find that? Yeah, um, well, we had a few ins and outs at the start of the season because we had people going off for other teams and stuff like that. So I think once we had our core teams together and we started training together and playing together every week, it was so much better. And that's where we got the momentum to keep going. Yeah, awesome. And uh, have you sort of felt uh, in your own individual game in terms of your strengths and, and things like that growing through you, the uh, team? Uh, yeah, well, I think um, my left foot's pretty good. So 
I feel like if I use that a lot and my my uh, uh, my ratio for kicking to handballing is yeah a bit different. So yeah. yeah, if I use my left foot kick to really power off, it's good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been working on my um, acceleration and my sprinting, which is. And are you sort of still going to play so that inside mid, or do you want to go other positions? What are you looking for? Uh, I'm probably going to play a little bit inside mid and um, in the back line as well. So be able to read the play a bit more and yeah, use my left foot a bit more as well in the open space. And, and you sort of played a bit of back line in the um, country game. Um, how how did you sort of find that? Yeah, it was a bit different because I was playing a little bit of a taller opponent, so it was a bit different for me. But yeah, that was a good learning curve for me. So this year in big country, I'll be ready. If I make the team, um, I'll be ready. Well, how, what was it like making the uh, country hub? Uh, yeah, it was amazing just to get back with everybody and we had like the most fun like I've ever had for a long time. So yeah, it was amazing and it was good to get back, yeah. Awesome, and with the pre-season we got a quicker turnaround till the game start. How's that going to go for you? Yeah, well I didn't actually know until like a few months ago that it was going to be that quick, but I feel like it gives us more time to, act, to like knuckle down, really go hard. You don't have a bit of a break and we've only got three backs for Christmas now, which is really good and then we're really into it. Yeah, perfect. And um, how do you reckon the Bushies will go next year? Are we going to win the flag? <laughs> there you go. We're going well, there you go. Well, that'll be good if you look back on this and see that. That's yeah, fantastic. Hopefully. You've gone no, and yeah. I but we'll, we'll probably win a couple of games, hopefully. And we're a bit, 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 bit of a young team, so hopefully we can all gel together and make sure the younger ones get a lot of learning in as well. But if we win a flag, it'll be even better. Perfect. And who do you see as some of the players to watch? Uh, me as or for like A for W. Well, you can put yourself if you want, but I mean like any players you want to watch within the team. In my team, oh in yeah. my team, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably Maddie Gray. She's really athletic and yeah, she's been playing footy for a long time as well, and has a bit of a volleyball and basketball background, so she's got all the different strengths. Uh, probably Zara as well, Zara Hamilton. She's yeah really quick, and as you probably saw in the yo-yo just then, she did it awesome. So yeah, that's probably. Oh, and Cass Mailer, that's probably like my favourite one to watch because she came, she played Vic Country the first year and then broke her legs and then she's out. So, but she's yep. just coming back into full. So I'm really excited for her, really. Awesome. Uh, and then just within 12 months, what are you hoping to achieve? Uh, well, hopefully this time 12 months I'll be drafted, but we'll see how that goes. And I think really just like developing everything I can. And also like outside of footy as well, I want to have knuckle down and go really well in that as well. Perfect. No? Sounds good. That, of course, was Keely Skepper of the Murray Bush Rangers, kind enough to join us during pre-season testing. And that leads us nicely into um, the first of our Vic Country team previews. Of course, the Murray Bush Rangers, um, including Keely Skepper, going to get their season underway this weekend. Pete, back to you now with the NAB Leaguers. Uh, how do you see that Bush Rangers squad stacking up? Yeah, I always feel they're an underrated squad. Uh, I never quite know what they're able to produce. Uh, but I'm quite optimistic about their, their team this year. I think it'll be stronger than last year. They, they are a young squad, but they're always a young squad. Uh, I think Keely Skepp is obviously the, the standout prospect there. She's long been sort of touted as one of the top talents. Uh, you know, her inside uh, ball work and being able to boot it forward. And, you know, she's got a real penetrating kick on her. She's able to get it forward and, and have a ton of inside 50s. And, and, and that in itself is going to help the Bushies. Uh, they're obviously going to have to uh, build back from losing Ali Morford last year, who was, you know, straight away lock up number one ruck there. So they'll be uh, shuffling the magnets, if you like, and, and working that one out. But they, they've they got Cassidy Mailer now for the whole season. She unfortunately broke her leg at the start of last season, like missed right up until the end. She's a, a clever forward. 
and someone who at under 16s level really caught the eye alongside Skepper. So she's someone to keep an eye on. Uh, another one, well, a couple, I guess, coming out of that sort of Giants outfit and, and New South Wales sort of range, if you like. Um, you've got Zara Hamilton and Livia Ciccolini. I, I think both of them are going to be pretty impressive. Ciccolini said to us she'll play uh, a bit higher half forward rather than deep forward like she did uh, last season. But then you go look at um, Hamilton. You know, she's a really clever wing. She's able to do a lot of things uh, really well. So excited for what she can produce. Um, and then, yeah, you just you go on and you've got Madison Gray as well, who's another member of the uh, country hub, if you like, uh, along with Skepper. So she's someone to keep an eye out on. And, and Zali Goldsworthy as well is another player um, just, to, just to keep an eye on. Uh, we're told she's trained really, really well over the off-season. So, yeah, excited what they can produce. And I think that it's going to be a, a better season for the Bushies this year. But... Um, they've always got a, a good range of talent yeah, floating we, around. We love the train-the-house down sort of players. Um, next up, though, Bendigo Pioneers, of course, had some top-end talent go uh, last year. A bit of Tara Slender, Elizabeth Snell, a couple of our favourites there. Um, they should have another couple this year as well. Usually a, a pretty young side. They're going to blood a, a good bit of youth and, and underage talent here. Pete, you think that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. I think Bendigo always have some good talents for the future. Uh, you know, they managed to um, get a win last year, which was good in, in round one. Obviously, it sort of dropped off after that. But, I mean, they, they certainly had some really, really competitive games uh, last season. We know they almost rolled Calder, which was, would have been the upset of the season. I remember us listening on the uh, way home from another game, and it was just amazing to sort of um, listen to. So, I mean... From a team perspective, Octavia Di Donato's a player who's part of the AFLW Academy. She's capable of playing anywhere. She'll probably play a fair bit of midfield. Um, she's a lovely long kick. Uh, she's capable of moving the ball well. And, um, yeah, she, she's just so versatile. So she's someone that'll uh, be the standout prospect this year. We've got Tegan Williams, who's capable of playing up either end. I'm, I'm told she'll play forward this year. She's been a really reliable defender, but... Um, her skills for a player of her size is is really impressive. Um, quite a you know tall player, very strong overhead. So uh, basically, sort of the way Coach Danny O'Brien sort of described it is, if they can get the ball to her, she's capable of kicking quite a few goals. So that'll be really really impressive to see if they can do that. Uh, they've got Lila Keck, who's a, a bottom major, and and Bradley O'Rourke as well, who's another bottom major to keep an eye on. Um, you know, and they've got Maddie Marks coming back for another year, so she'll help out with the rucks or, or the tall, stock, uh, I guess, stocks, if you like. Um, and, and Lou Painter was another really young one who sort of had a bit of an experience last year, but um, similar to what we mentioned earlier, uh, you've got sort of age restrictions on when players can really play. So um, they've got a few 06s coming through that are, are quite exciting. So um, again, uh, Pioneers, it's always challenging with the the distances they have. Um but they've got some exciting prospects, so some's to watch. Yeah, so many sort of young prospects that even the leaders of that region sometimes didn't know who was coming in each week. So it goes to show the sort of expanses of that region, the biggest one in the NAB League. Uh, Dandenong Stingrays, we know, Pete, that this squad is stacked. So um, I'm not going to really, you know, leave you too much time. Just get into it. Tell me who's who and uh, who to look out for. Yeah, definitely. I Look, Last season, I guess every season, I sort of they're the team that I'm always like they're the team to watch. I feel like every preseason might be like podcast, you're sort of from yeah, living from around that region, region or something. Yeah, but I, like I mean, they've always got players. I reckon this is the third season, but I'm I'm serious now. They're like they're actually getting um they've got 
the players that we saw a couple of years ago and then last year, um, you know, a lot of them are now top age. This is the year that they've been really building towards. Um, you know, Amber Clark, fastest player in the league. She's just so exciting, can play anywhere. She'll probably play that mid-forward after playing as a defender at under-16s level. They've got Mackenzie Eardley, who's one of the best, probably the best uh, key position tall um, going around. So, you know, she's very athletic as well. Uh, she's really good in defence, so I think that's where you'll play her. She can play forward and even push into the midfield realistically. But, yeah, I think defence is where she ends up. Uh, you've also got, you know, Emily Shepherd, another one who's inside midfielder, uh, can play a few other positions, but she's really good winning that contested ball and getting it out and, and you know, being able to, to win a lot of touches. Unfortunately, she had a couple of injuries last year, so that didn't help. Uh, but you've also got Bianca Lynn and, uh, you know, Charlie Ryan's another one uh, who's a top ager that's uh, in that uh, Vic Country hub. So you've got Bianca Lynn, who's a tall as a bottom ager, uh, and then Brooke Smith as well, who's another one who really caught the eye last year. So I feel like they've got quite a few, and it's not just them. Um, they've got quite a bit of depth. Like Livia Robinson showed quite a bit last year. You've got Felicity Crank, who came in when, when Shepard went down and, and did quite a impressive role inside. Uh, Michaela Williamson's another one. Like there, there's names that even the uh, we I guess we sort of say it with Oakley where the the depth of the team there's going to be some unlucky players to miss out each week and I'd be I wouldn't be enviable of the uh, the Stingrays selection committee because you can tell they're a, they're a very strong squad and I think you can also tell by the fact that they have very limited overage players coming back. The ones they do are, are quite good, like Jade Anthony, obviously one of our favourites here as well. She's coming back for another year. So I feel when you've got limited O3s and the majority of your list is O4, it means you're going to be a pretty strong list. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited about what Daniel could produce this year. Absolutely. I concur. Another team that should be exciting to watch, at least in one end of the field uh, for sure, are the GWV Rebels. So um, they do have a couple of top enders. Uh, who else is uh, is on, uh, I guess, the radar, Peter? Yeah, so Paige Scott's the, the standout. Look, she was someone who uh, realistically last year just blew everyone away um, from, you know, spectators, coaches to opposition defenders. She was just amazing. And you kind of feel if, if she'd kicked straight at times, she could have kicked 30, 40 goals in the league. Um, I, I remember when we went down to a game, Epson Huntley uh, against the Pio, she just tore them apart in the first quarter. Um, and yeah, if she'd kicked straight, she probably would have had eight or, or more. So she's someone who has so much upside and is someone who could tear the, the competition apart quite literally. So um, it's going to be exciting to see what she can produce. Uh, she's obviously the standout part of the AFL Academy. Um, and then you've got Kalani Scholar, who's the the other one, uh, a part of that big country hub. She's a, a ruck, spent time in the under-19s program last year, one of the top rucks going around in the Victorian program. So going to be pretty exciting to see what she can produce. You mentioned a couple of overages coming back. You've got Lily Condon and Talia Mayer, who have both come back from a Bulldogs VFLW experience. Uh, it's going to be good to get them in because they are going to have a, a few younger players in. I think one of the more underrated players too going around is, is Molly Walton. She was fantastic in defense, great rebounding type. Uh, and then you've got like Olivia Leonard and, and Jenna Burke or a couple of others who I've sort of noted down as ones to watch this season. I think they showed some impressive signs uh, going through. And uh, there's a few others that I think are, are really good names in terms of obviously Jess Wrench is one who's, we know Josh from, from this year that there's quite a few good um 
I guess, rebels, if you like names. There's another Karras in there, Ala Karras. Um, so um, it's always good to sort of see the same names coming up. And, and you've got to also ask like Millie Sharp as well. There's an, another potential rebels, obviously popular name, but um, she's playing state basketball at the moment. So she, um, yeah, she's another uh, really impressive sort of, I guess, cross-coder if you like so it'll be good to see what she's capable of producing but um yeah i I quite liked what uh, the rebels sort of showed in patches last year i think it'll help them this year the geelong falcons to move on of course one of the stronger teams historically as well they were last year's grand finalists and have the coach of the year paul corrigan as well but um we know that they had a lot of players drafted um we know the geelong cats like to take out of their home region so how does that shape up i guess this year's talent and uh who are you looking to stand out from the falcons yeah i'm interested to see what the falcons are going to do this year because uh, we mentioned about Dan Nong having a lot of experience. Um, the Falcons have a very, very young list. I'll, I'll start with the ones at the top. Uh, look, you've got Mia Van Dyke and Ash Van Loon, who are a part of the Vic Country Hub. They're very different players. Van Dyke can play up either end. She can also play off a wing as well. She loves sort of that centre-half forward role. Um, good in the air, uh, athletic. You know, she, she's able to do a lot at ground level as well uh, as compete for the ball in the air. Ash Van Loon does her best work at ground level. She's a, a fierce tackler and someone, she's a late year burst, uh, the 8th of November. So for me, I think she's someone with plenty of potential as well. She's a midfielder, so one to keep an eye on. Um, but I think there's a lot of unknowns uh, with, with the Geelong Falcons list. They've got uh, Liz Dowling coming back, who obviously captained them, um, or didn't captain them. She was one of the uh, key players, a, a part of those leaders in there. So she was one who really stood out for the Falcons uh, last season in defence, alongside, obviously, Annie Lee, who got drafted. So Charlotte Simpson's another one who's a midfielder to keep an eye on. So she's someone who um, I think will be really impressive to watch. Chloe Adams uh, came in late in the year and and sort of caught the eye. So interested to see what they can do, Uh, as well as Cara Stacey and Lucy Delamonica, who are are top ages that sort of showed bits and pieces. But... um, I think the the thing that really catches my eye when I'm looking at the the team list is some of the ages of these players. Um, there's some uh, 06s, and then you get to the 07s. There is a 22nd of December 2007 player, which is practically 2008, um, which is definitely making all of us here feel very, very old, I think. yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they produce. They've obviously only just turned 14, so... Um, yeah, it's great to see, you know, players of that age coming through uh, on the list. It must mean they are incredibly talented to, to make a under-18s program uh, at that age. Yeah, oh, they just keep getting better and better, though, don't they? We seem to speak about, you know, the, the next couple of years, how good they're going to be. So exciting times there, and hopefully the Falcons have a few come through. Uh, the Gippsland Power, Pete, uh, a side which, you know, they want to be a team that's really hard to play against. Do you see that being a factor this year in terms of their personnel? Look, I, I think they've got more depth this year is basically the word coming out of the power, which is great to see because, um, you know, through the COVID years, it's tough with country areas, particularly the real uh, real regional, rural kind of country areas. So Gippsland, you know, in terms of just people playing footy, uh, really lost a fair bit through COVID. So uh, I, I think... Of all the wins last year, Gippsland getting the win over Bendigo from a competition perspective was probably the best of the lot because there was a long time where we weren't sure whether they were going to get one and they managed to get it. So that was fantastic for Gippsland. You know, 
Um, and that's what it's all about. Like we know it's all about development and everything like that. But um, for the players, you know, they work hard. It, it, they want to get um, some results for their hard work. So just to get that win was fantastic. But look, look into this year, you've got Lily Rose Williamson, who's um, sort of that real standout prospect. She could be anything. Um, she's still got a few things to work on, but we, we saw her last year for Vic Country, really caught the eye. She's powerful, got the athleticism. She, um, you know, can use the ball really well, penetrating kick, uh, can play in multiple positions, but really found that sort of niche in defense after playing as an inside mid. So I'm interested to see how she goes. Uh, and then you've got Yasmin Dersmer, obviously, you know, she's the sister of Xavier and, and got a couple of brothers coming through as well who all play for Victoria. So very talented They're family. They're very, very good, by the way. I- incredible. Yeah, incredible. Um, uh, you know, brothers coming through there, Zane and Willem, for those that follow the boys' programs. Um, yeah, to have four siblings all play for Victoria and or higher uh, is really impressive. So really keen to see how she goes. She's a lovely left foot kick and, and really good uh, in, in the stoppages. You've got Alicia Molesworth as another talent to, to watch this season, uh, obviously, her and her sister Elise are both on the list, uh, the twins there. So really excited to see what they're able to produce. And I think outside of that, they've got a, a few overages coming back um, who will, uh, you know, hold them up and, and give them experience. Sunday Brisbane, um, always good to watch. Lexi Guy, too good. Macy Gilmore. There's a there's a few others that sort of pop up through, through that. Um, but they've got a few 05s and 06s too that are, um, you know, developing through the list. So... Uh, another Van Berkel as well, India Van Berkel, so the third Van Berkel to come through the list. Uh, Lisa Gustella is another one who, as a defender, um, did a few nice things. So, look, I think, again, um, it, it's going to be a, a, a good year to see the younger ones come through, uh, and hopefully we can sort of see similar to last year where they can can get that win at some stage. Yeah, oh, we love teams that have a crack, and the power is certainly going to do that. Speaking of as well, Tasmania. We would be remiss not to mention them. Of course, they're among the uh, country pool, as it were, uh, in terms of the the zoning and and whatnot. But um, yeah, they were pretty successful last year. Obviously, have a new coach now that Cameron Joyce has joined the Gold Coast Suns. So um, talent-wise, how do you see them stacking up? Yeah, look, the Devils, uh, last year, I think they surprised everyone. They were the surprise team of the year. Uh, We thought they'd be more competitive than their first year. They only had a couple of games, obviously, but... Um, they really showed like their depth was fantastic. Like Claire Ransom stepped up and, you know, she showed she's going to be an absolute brilliant talent this year. I think she's right up there in terms of the, uh, the top 10 players. I think she's, um, yeah, the, the standout Tassie prospect and of course AFL Women's Academy. She's uh, joined by Brooke Barwick, who's the other AFLW Academy prospect. Now she's only small, but you know, she packs a punch. She's uh, got some good footy smarts, and, and she's a bottom major as well. So I think she's just under 160 or thereabouts. Um, Shania Sayward um, and Candice Belbin are a couple of others to just keep an eye on. They've they've done a few nice things at, at TSLW and, and now regional level, uh, which is what the Tassie leagues have become. Uh, and then, of course, they've got a couple of overages coming back as well, like Gemma Blair is another one who showed some good signs last year and, and managed to play for the Allies. So she might try and get another call up there. Uh, and then Charlotte Vanderberg, uh, who will probably lead the ruck division, I'm guessing, for the Devils this year uh, as a, a real overager. So that 20-year-old uh, prospect, obviously late to footy, though. So I think the Devils, again, are going to be really competitive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go with a new coach and, and a new squad. But, yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic that I think they'll um, put in a fair challenge throughout the year. 
All right, so that is all of the teams wrapped up from a metro and country sense. We're going to throw to our last interview of the podcast today, Mia Bush out of the Eastern Ranges, of course, last year's best and fairest ahead of a few draftees and the leading goal kicker of the competition. So find out what she had to say at the preseason testing event. Give us a bit of a rundown into your footy journey and how you got to the uh, the Rangers. Yeah, so it started off when I was 11. Um, at the time, my childhood best friend, she played for Ashy Red, Redbacks in under-15s and we were 11 at the time. She'd played all through Auskick and everything. So she invited me along to one of the trainings. I was a pretty eager kid, loved sports, so I was willing to try pretty much anything. So I had to go, fell in love with the sport. So I finished out my season there as an 11-year-old in under-15s at Ashy, And then from the following year, went to um, Blackburn and where I played all my junior games since then um, and then I was fortunate enough to make both interleague squads both years um, and then from then tried out for Eastern Rangers um, got into the Futures squad there and from there on been playing Eastern Rangers ever since. Perfect. How have you sort of found the club like environment playing at the Rangers? Oh, I absolutely love it like all of us girls we've become so close and we've really trusting relationships met some of my best friends there so yeah it's just a great environment to be in learning off all the coaches and everything it's a great source for knowledge with Trav and all of them, we have really great performance enhancement coaches as well, which have really helped me with the yo-yo tests and everything like that. So, yeah, amazing. Awesome. And obviously, me this year had a good year, winning the best and fairest. What was that like for you, that experience? Yeah, it was it was, it was was an amazing experience. Um, bit unexpected. Got the final, had a good final series, fortunately, yeah. But as a whole, just how our team went was a real, true reflection of where we got to. And um, I was just fortunate enough to get the award, but it was a whole team effort, really. Perfect, and obviously you'll sort of play off that half-back or in the defence. Yeah, What's yeah. that been like for you? Um, it's a very comfortable position. Naturally, I find it very easy to run up onto the ball and link up with a wing or a midfield or forward or anything like that because I've got a very defensive mindset and it's easy when the I can... Um, I like to think I can read the game really well, so when it's all set in front of me, like helping my teammates, giving constructive feedback and so on, yeah. So. Are you looking to play a bit more midfield as well this year? Yeah, you did play it towards the end, I think. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of games in midfield last year, but one of my main goals for 2022 is to work on my versatility. So I'm going to push up into the midfield, have a go in there and test myself and push myself outside of my comfort zone to try and yeah, broaden my versatility. Perfect. And what do you see some of your strengths? Um, I would say my endurance and my intensity at the ball is one of my strengths. Running up onto the ball, getting... Um, getting good speed out of the pack to link up with my other players up the field. Perfect. And, like, obviously we just saw your endurance in the uh, yo-yo test where you broke the record. So what was that <laughs> like for you? Um, definitely was not thinking about anything like that. I just wanted to push myself to fa failure until I could get to. I'd heard a couple of whispers of someone getting 17.5. So mm. straight on, that was my goal and wanted to try and exceed that. Just missed out on the 18, but... Always room for improvement. Yeah, perfect. So um, going forward, what, what do you sort of see as your um, perhaps improvements or where do you want to be in 12 months? Yeah, so definitely my versatility is one thing I'm going to work on. Just being able to play anywhere and push myself to learn off other players and how they kind of play. So I've been doing a bit of midfield work at trainings already to try and learn off Bridge Deed, a lot of those girls who um, I really look up to in that kind of area and how they play. So definitely that. Going to work on my aerial game as well, just contesting at the ball. Um, always and use my strength to my advantage as I'm not the biggest player so definitely that and also my left foot kicks just when I'm pushed onto my left side from a run getting that distance and my accuracy to hit up players downfield and then Metro as well getting into that yeah hunt. yeah that was an amazing experience and we recently just went on a camp which was amazing all the coaches were incredible it was really it was a great experience and a highlight of my career being invited to that learning off Tark and 
it was amazing as well hearing all their stories so yeah I've loved it and all the girls are so nice and it's good learning off some better players and testing yourselves at training because the level of um, training is just something else so yeah. And uh, obviously a shorter turnaround from the training to season <laughs> now how are you feeling? Yeah definitely so we got a little break then but we've got all our training programs and stuff like that so gonna work hard at that to give myself the best opportunity to have really good games off the bat so yeah I'm very keen for the season to start. Perfect no sounds good thanks. Perfect thank you so much. That was Eastern Rangers prospect Mia Bush, and you can catch her in action this weekend in the opening round of the NAB League Girls competition. Speaking of, Peter, uh, we're going to preview round one and, of course, run you through each of the fixtures, those listening. Um, the times, uh, we must say, might be subject to change um, in terms of weather and, and maybe even COVID interruptions. Uh, so we'll see about that, but hopefully get a, a full bill of health for all the players and coaches um, and a full round of football played at a, a reasonable time. So we'll see. Um, first up on Saturday, we've got the Eastern Rangers against Calder Cannons at Kilsyth Recreation Reserve. That one's at 10.30 a.m., we believe. Pete, um, yeah, how are you seeing this matchup? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they go. Both teams have some really experienced players coming back from last year, so I, I think... The eastern midfield will be quite strong, I think, compared to the, the the colder one. But then the colder key position players are going to be quite strong. So I think if eastern can win the midfield and, and get it forward, I think they're going to be a bit too strong for colder. But uh, we always know colder have strong young players coming through. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a few good young ones uh, surprise us on the day. But I, I think from my tip perspective, I'm going to go with eastern. I will too. I think Easton built really nicely towards the back of last season. If my memory serves me correct, they had a pretty tight win over the Cannons um, in that time period. But next game, Tasmania against Sandringham down at Prospect Park on the Apple Isle. That one's at 12 o'clock p.m. Um, yeah, Tassie's got a, a good draw with, with their home games early on in the season. Do you think that's going to impact this fixture? They did play well at home last season. Mm. I know. I think from memory off the top of my head, they only lost to Oakley, and that was by less than a kick. So um, we know that uh, they did really, really well. Uh, I think Sandringham are going to be a, a strong side as well. Looking at the list just purely, uh, they clearly have some top-end talents, both of them, uh, AFLW Academy members. Uh, I, at this stage, because more is known about the Sandy list and particularly in terms of their top ages and things like that, where Tassie might be that touch bit younger, I'm going to go with Sandy, but not confidently purely because it is down in Tasmania. Uh, they would have been training there and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Sandy, but without guaranteed confidence. Yep. Uh, it's not a bad shout. I'm going to go with the home team, so I'm glad that we can have a point of difference there. Uh, Tassie for the win. Next game, Murray Bush Rangers against the Bendigo Pioneers out at Yarrawonga at 1 o'clock p.m. This one, an all-country clash. Pete, who are you taking? Yeah, this could be one of the games of the round, I think, in mm. terms of evenness. Although they're all looking pretty good, or most of them. So, uh, look, for me, I, I actually think Murray might get the win in this one just purely because if they've got a fully fit squad, we saw what they could do late last year against the teams. Um, and I think their best is better than what... Um, a lot of teams might think at first. So I think that their depth will help them out here. I think Bendigo have some great talents and very underrated young players that I think I'm excited to see. But I think I'll go with Bushies in this one. Uh, and, you know, for the people on the border, particularly those in New South Wales, this is a great game because 
they're probably only having to travel an hour or under an hour. So real good yeah. relief for those players. Yeah, I'm going to take the pioneers in this one. I think the uh, exuberance of youth and the fact that they started last year with a win uh, will serve them well here. Uh, GWV against Gippsland is the final game for Saturday. That one is on neutral ground at La Trobe University in Bandura at 1 o'clock. Um, I'll be down at this one. And I'm very much looking forward to a couple of matchups. But who are you tipping here as well, Pete? Yeah, the one you alluded to, if it happens, uh, Paige Scott against Lily Rose Williamson. You know, both players that have shown some absolute outstanding attributes and and, and patches of brilliance uh, that if they get consistency into their game, then watch out. But certainly I think it's going to be a really um, tough contest. I think both teams are going to be really going at it, but it's hard to tip against the Rebels. They've just got more depth, uh, more experience, uh, and, you know, they've had that. Uh, uh, quite a few of them have come through that big country program and a few of them will this season. So for me, I'm yeah, I've got to go with the Rebels. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rebels as well. We're going to move on to Sunday's games. We've got two of them, first being Geelong against Dandenong at Deakin University in Warren Ponds. 11 o'clock a.m. is bounced down there. You taking the home team or the very, very strong visitors? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I could tip <laughs> against the visitors after the pump up I gave them earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with Danny Nong. I just think they've got so much depth. I think Geelong will be a team for the future, but I think against the teams that are ready now, like a Danny Nong, I don't think they'll have enough to get over them. I think they're going to be one of those teams, the Falks, that by the end of the season, they're, they're really hitting their straps. But... Yeah, for now, despite it being uh, all the way down in Warm Ponds, I'm going to go with the Stingrays. Yeah, fair shout. I think um, Geelong will surprise a few people with how strong they are. They're, they're always a strong region, even if they are young. I think they'll compete pretty well. But uh, yeah, along the lines of Pete, I'm going to go with the Stingrays here. Uh, rounding out the opening round of action are the Northern Knights and Oakley Chargers, an all-metro clash. That one again at La Trobe University, Bundura, 12 o'clock p.m., uh, the reigning premiers against the former reigning premiers, I guess. Um, who are you taking there? Yeah, uh, look, it's hard to go past Oakley. As I said, I think they're um, they and, and the Stingrays are both really, really impressive. So I think the Chargers have to get up in this one. Um, the Knights have some good talents coming through, as all the teams do. But I think the Chargers' depth is what will uh, see them home. Uh, but as we know, we had a, f- a few that are competing in different sports. So the Oakley, like the Chargers may well be missing quite a few of their talents. So that could um, level the playing field, if you like. Uh, but yeah, again, it's going to be interesting, but it's hard to look past Oakley after their season last year. Yeah, it is really hard to look past Oakley. Um, and they're one of my favorite squads, but I'm going to do it anyway uh, and tip Northern. So that wraps up today's episode of Game Sense brought to you by Rookie Me Central. We'd like to thank our interviewees, Bridie Hipwell, Keely Skepper and Mia Bush, who featured on the show today. Uh, of course, thank you to our two guests in studio. First up, Chief Editor Peter Williams. Yeah, thanks. I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, a few words apparently now. Um, And women's football analyst, Elise Collette. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. All right. So um, that is episode five of Game Sense in the books. Make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple or Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're going to have plenty of content over the next few months in the lead up and during all stately competitions. Also, be sure to check out our written content at central.rookieme.com slash AFL where you'll find plenty of South Australian and Victorian features throughout the year. Finally, 
make sure you follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. This is Game Sense. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next week.